It's just like fire shut up in my bones. Just like fire shut up in my bones. It's just like fire shut up in my bones. Holy Ghost fire shut up in my bones. Oh, don't it make you move sometime? Shut up in my bones. Don't it make you move sometime? Shut up in my bones. Don't it make you move sometime? Shut up in my bones. Holy Ghost fire shut up in my bones. It get all in my hands sometime. Get up in my bones. Get all in my hands sometime. Shut up in my bones. Get all in my hands sometime. Shut up in my bones. Holy Ghost fire shut up in my bones. It's just like fire. Shut up in my bones, just like fire. Shut up in my bones, it's just like fire. Shut up in my bones, holy ghost fire. Shut up in my bones. to us uh, by our music director, Monica, who uh, offers us this spiritual to begin our worship this Sunday as a way of uh, letting the church know that we're going to be doing something about spirituals over the course of the summer, a summer reflection on the spiritual as a musical form and as a way of interacting, as a way of engaging in faith, um, and as something that's been part of our culture for quite a while. So, uh, 
If you're interested in studying spirituals, keep an eye on the Pulsville Presbyterian Church Facebook page, and we will give you opportunities to gather on Wednesday evenings over the course of the summer to listen to and explore this musical form, because the spirit is, as the prophet Ezekiel claims and says, a fire that is shut up in bones. Um... We now welcome you to the Tiny Gospel Radio Hour, brought to you live here at Poolsville Presbyterian Church, deep in the heart of Montgomery County's Agricultural Reserve. I'm David Williams. I'm your host and pastor for the next little while, when we will listen to some music, we will hear some prayers, we will pray ourselves, and we will repeatedly center ourselves down in the grace and goodness of the gospel. We've got announcements uh, that y'all should have received via email. Um, so you can take a look at those announcements at your leisure. Um, right up there, poolpres.com, there's a way to email us if you're not getting that email. So check out the website if you're not getting our regular worship announcements during the week. Uh, one announcement that's worth highlighting, um, our session met this last week to talk about when we might be gathering again in person. And because our sweet little cozy sanctuary is relatively small and it's not a good idea to be, uh, sharing too much breath and singing, we're likely going to regather outside first. And we're planning our way towards possibly the 12th of July, that would be the second Sunday in July, getting together um, and doing an outside worship. And obviously that is uh, weather permitting, but and we will continue to do this Facebook live stream during it, but uh, mark that on your calendars. We'll have more information coming out as uh, as we get closer to that date. Uh, but I will certainly look forward to getting together and singing and sharing in faith together. Uh, as we gather this morning, uh, let's listen again to some music. We're going to listen and watch because we can do that. Um, and it is Father's Day, so songs that reference the word Father are worth being part of our worship this day. And one such song is uh, an old standard, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And I was looking around this week for uh, copyright-free <laughs> versions of Great is My Faithfulness and found this absolutely wonderful version by a Christian musician by the name of Jimmy Needham uh, who offers up a, an acoustic version that's just lovely. Um, so I'm going to bring Brother Jimmy in. Um, he's got... Uh, you can see him on YouTube. Uh, he's got a bunch of wonderful songs that he produces. Uh, but let's listen to him sing that old classic hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Let's, let's give that a watch and listen. thy faithfulness oh God my father there is no shadow of turning with thee thou changest not thy compassions they fail not as thou hast been thou forever will be
summer and winter, springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above. Join with all nature in and fold a witness to Thy great faithfulness, mercy. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have believed in thy hand has provided. To cheer and to guide, strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings arrive with ten thousand beside. Oh, great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faith. Jimmy Needham singing Great Is Thy Faithfulness, and I'd encourage you all to check out all of the stuff that he has done on YouTube. He's got some amazing gospel classics, some old classic hymns, all of them sung in a really elegant style. Um, so let's listening to Jimmy um, is just very satisfying. I listened to a bunch of his stuff this last week. So uh, give him a listen. Um, you can find him on YouTube at Desiring God. Um, it's good stuff. Give it a listen when you need that spiritual uplift. And speaking of spiritual uplift, let's now go to God together in this worship time. Go on to God together in prayer. Let, let's have a word of prayer. Gracious Lord, as human beings, we tend to turn our attention and our care primarily to those who are close to us. 
Our energies, our love, our passion pours into friends and family, pours into those places where we have familiar connection, into those who share our place or share our interest. And there is nothing wrong, Lord, there's nothing wrong with loving those close to us. But human beings have always been good at taking something gracious and taking it away from good places. Because too often we use our love for those close to us as an excuse to ignore those who are not us. Too often we use our love for neighbor and community as a way of viewing those who are outside with suspicion or enmity. And Jesus, Jesus who came not just to save us and those we love, but to save the whole world, Jesus asks more of us, Lord. And we know it. But we choose to forget that he loves the stranger, and he loves our enemies as deeply as he loves us. Forgive us, Lord. In the name of Christ, please forgive us. Amen. And as surely as we know that we fall short, we know that in Christ's grace there is mercy and pardon. Let's hear that assurance now because, friends, we know who is in a position to condemn. And that is Christ. Christ who died for us, Christ who rose for us, Christ who reigns in power for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. That old life is gone. The new life has begun. Know that we are forgiven. And be at peace. Amen. Well, we're now going to little, listen to a little bit more music. Uh, this an original composition uh, by our own Bill Mattis, uh, who offers it up for us. Um, it's a piece, the title, as I understand it, as it sent to me, was, uh, was Children, and so Bill's going to play and sing for us a little bit here. Let's, let's listen again for gracious music. Just young boys playing together, making noise. When your mother said, Get rid of him, yet we were both children of Abraham. Jesus promised. Us sword, families broken by the word, siblings blinded to their kin, forgotten all children of Abraham.
to the desert Moses fled Dry Jethro's spring he found a bed Took his wife from this foreign land Still both were the children of Abraham Jesus promised us a sword Families broken by the word Siblings blinded to their kin Forgotten all children of Abraham We are all children now and then Girls and women, boys and men In every color, in every land In every way, children of Abraham In every way, children of Abraham In every way, children of Abraham. Well, it was our own Elder Bill Mattis singing for us, Children of Abraham, and that's an original composition. That's just lovely. Thank you so much, Bill, for offering us that piece. Um, we're now going to move to the hearing of scripture. We're going to be listening for God's word, and for that I will be virtually inviting forward um, Elder John Kasner to read our first two scripture passages for today. Let's prepare ourselves to listen for God's holy word. Good morning, and happy Father's Day. Our first reading comes from the book of Psalms, chapter 86, verses 1 through 10, and 16 and 17. I incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am devoted to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you do I cry all day long. Gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call on you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Listen to my cry of supplication. In the day of my trouble I call on you, for you will answer me. There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and bow down before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant. Save the child of your serving girl. Show me a sign of your favor, so that those who hate me may see it and be put to shame. Because you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Our second reading comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 20, 
verses 7 through 13. O Lord, you have enticed me, and I was enticed. You have overpowered me, and you have prevailed. I have become a laughingstock all day long. Everyone mocks me. For whenever I speak, I must cry out. I must shout violence and destruction. For the word of the Lord has become for me a reproach and derision all day long. If I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, then within me there is something like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. For I hear many whispering, Terror is all around. Denounce him. Let us denounce him. All my close friends are watching for me to stumble. Perhaps he can be enticed, and we can prevail against him and take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me like a dread warrior. Therefore, my prosecutors will stumble, and they will not prevail. They will be greatly shamed, for they will not succeed. Their eternal dishonor will never be forgotten. O Lord of hosts, you test the righteous, you see the heart and the mind. Let me see your retribution upon them, for to you I have committed my cause. Sing to the Lord, praise the Lord. For he has delivered the life of the needy from the hands of the evildoers. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you for that reading, John. It's now that point in the service where we have a little bit of time for kids. Um, and... We bring out some of the worship buddies, the little friends who hang out at the front of the church and kids can pick them out and bring them back and sit in the chair with them. And those worship buddies have been getting kind of lonely uh, while the kids have been away. So we've been trying to fold them into worship. Um, and so this, this Father's Day, um, we're actually going to have a couple of the kids of the church lead this time for children. Um, and so I brought a bunch of the worship buddies out to listen. I'm going to set them over there in our lovely Father's Day worship diorama, um, provided as always by Elder Jane Winnell. Um, we're going to bring some of those worship buddies out to, to listen um, and watch as uh, some of the kids do that for us. So we're going to bring out the uh, little Mr. Moose here. I'll set him over there in just a second. All right, so he's going to listen. Um, and we've got this guy who seems like a moose, but he's also sort of a bear, so sort of a moose bear. I, I don't know how that works, but I'm, I'm going to set him over there, too, uh, to give a listen. He's a little behind our logo, but that's okay. Um, and then this little angel bear. little angel bear is going to go listen, so I'm going to set him over in the diorama. And that's probably good. We got got ourselves a nice little audience, and we're gonna listen to something that the kids have listened to, and watch something that the kids have prepared for us. So let's uh, let's give that a watch. Why don't we?
girls for that lovely little message. It's good to hear uh, Jesus Loves Me sung on this Father's Day morning by some of the kids of the church. And Thank you so much ladies for bringing that to us. I'm sure the worship buddies sincerely appreciated hearing you sing that. We're now going to go once again to God and Scripture. Uh, today's third Scripture reading is drawn from Matthew's Gospel. I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 10, verses 29, 24 through 39. That's Matthew 10, 24 through 39. Let's listen a third time for God's holy word. Jesus says, A disciple is not above the teacher, nor a servant above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher, and the servant like the master. If they've called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light. And what you hear whispered, Proclaim from the housetops, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone who, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I also will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I also will deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and one's foes will be members of one's household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. This, this is the word of God. Yeah, thanks be to God. Let us have a needed word of prayer. Gracious God, 
grant that the words of my mouth and the meditations in the hearts and in the minds of each and every one gathered here grant that they might be acceptable in your sight, O our rock and our redeemer. Amen. That is Father's Day. On Father's Day is always an entertaining day to be a pastor. When I was... Uh, uh, and my kids were littler, it was always a challenge day because in order to begin Father's Day, you needed to have breakfast and bread for Dad, which I appreciated. I did, but it always took a long time, and so I would be lying there in bed knowing I had to get to church while breakfast slowly clattered its way ready in the kitchen. And, well, now that my sons are college age, I miss that. I miss that stress of having to wonder when I was going to be able to snarf down breakfast and rush off to church. And Father's Day is a, a pleasant time now. It is. It was then, but it is doubly so now. Um, I love, like on a Father's Day, riding my motorcycle to church. Um, I was rolling into Poolsville this morning. Um, it's a little cool, a little overcast, but still a nice day to ride. And I I passed a dad out walking his baby daughter um, out in a stroller. and That dad saw me approaching, and I saw his eyes on me, and I saw his eyes follow me as I rode past the whole way I rode past as he pushed his stroller. And I, I got this sense that he was happy to be out with his daughter, but maybe dad would have been happier on a bike today. Couldn't, couldn't tell, but... Um, being a dad is nice. I, I like it. I've, I've enjoyed being a father. And one of the primary features of being a dad, or so it's been my sense over these last 22 years of my own dadliness, is being able to feel that you're a protector. Being able to feel like you are the one watching over the little ones in your house. And I mean, it's not like I'm not thoroughly in touch with the softer side of caring for our younglings. As a dad, I was not one of those dads who shirked from diaper changing duty. I knew that was part of my task. I also was perfectly content engaging in the strange, thankless task of trying to figure out food that will work for both of your very slightly finicky toddler age kids. When you got a four-year-old and a two-year-old and you're trying to figure out what they're both going to eat, uh, that's, that's a challenge for dad. And um, my response to that challenge um, was to invent a food called Slarp. It was a family remembrance. And Slarp was, I don't know why the kids wanted to eat this, I mean, maybe just because I prepared it, but it was basically just rice, white rice, mixed with baked beans and peas. It was blended up into this strange, lumpy, semi-sweet mess, which is what you'd expect from a meal prepared by dad. And um, the boys ate it, surprisingly, for a couple of years um, until they realized it was not good. Um, but that took a while. Um, dads can do that. Dads can do other stuff, like when they were little, when they would come padding up to your bedside at three in the morning and telling you that they weren't feeling well. Um, I wasn't above testing their temperature first by using that momly trick to test temperature. Best way to tell a child's temperature, not with your hand on a head because that doesn't read it. I just press my lips to that hot little forehead and the lips are sensitive to heat. 
be like, oh, yeah, that's a fever, before taking a temperature. It was nice to be able to do that, but the role of protector, the defender of the household, the one who is wary of all things that might come to harm to those whose lives are more important to you than your own, um, that was an important part of that, that feeling of being a father. I'm, I'm watching out for the well-being of these people I love. And it feels a little silly now, um, that protector thing, especially given that my formerly little critters are both taller than me. Um, and I was uh, actually in my son, older son's room. He's been home during this COVID thing, and he had one of those wrist strengthener things. It was sized for his massive hand, and I'm like, I can't even really hold this. And he's like, Oh, Dad, just go like that. And, um, but you still feel protective over your kids. You do. It never, it never quite goes away. Every. Every cruel word that's spoken to them, every person who unnecessarily sets them back, every heartbreak inflicted on your children, every moment they share with you that they have been bullied, I get that protector feeling. My vision tinges red in a way that it doesn't when those things happen to me. Because if you harm me, I, I can work to forgive you. But if you harm my child, Lord have mercy, my, my heart turns to smiting. I have trouble containing that. And that, that may be part of my blood, I suppose, a remnant of the fierce love of kin and of offspring that rises from my Pictish and Viking ancestors, the ones who painted themselves blue and ran screaming naked into battle against the Romans who threatened hearth and home and land. It's just a dad desire to protect those around you, those who you love. And that, that desire taps into that male aggression, that desire to protect, that part, the thing that's hardwired into us. And I, I remind myself of, of that desire to protect on my bedside table. I keep a couple of gifts from fathers and fathers of fathers on my bedside table, reminders of that desire to defend, passed down from generation to generation. There on my bedside table, right next to a little scale model of the church, there's a, a Maasai hunting dagger I got from my dad when I was a teen, the, the handle hewn from antelope horn, the rough beaten blade curved, and after like 50, 60 years, it's still surprisingly sharp. Um, and I try to avoid the use of sharp-edged weapons, being a cleric and all. That's a Dungeons & Dragons rule from 2E as opposed to 5E, but oh well, I go back. Um, and right next to my father's Maasai dagger given to me is, is a mace, good old cleric's mace, gifted to me by my paternal grandfather. It was, I was told at the time he handed it to me, Irish a lead-weighted rosewood billy club, which my Presbyterian minister grandfather handed to me, which struck me at the time as perfectly normal, but in retrospect, I, I don't know. They lie there as sort of this totem to the idea that I am the protector of the household, although any actual attempt at defending kith and kin with them would most likely just throw out my shoulder. It's like, oh, 
Oh, ow. Oh, hold on. Let me let me wiggle this stick at you for a bit. Uh. Um, they remind me, though, of that fierce, enfleshed desire to protect or destroy the things that we perceive, threatening that deep-woven flesh connection between us and our children, whom we love as their fathers. That love goes deep, and it's strong and fierce, and then there's Jesus today, offering up words that kind of feel like a smack in the face. For I have come to set a man against his father, starts Jesus today. And why, O oh writers of the lectionary, does this passage show up this week? Why? Jesus says, hate your dad. Happy Father's Day. Ugh, it's, it's rough. But, you know, then the passage goes on to go more deeply into cutting down the relationship we have with one another. Jesus starts going into mothers and children and aunties and second cousins once removed. So at least he's being consistent. Why? Why is Jesus saying this? Why is Jesus talking about undercutting that most basic fundamental connection between fathers and their children, between children and their parents. Why does he do that? And I think we got to hear that as the first listeners to Matthew's gospel would have heard that. Because while this passage has similar analogs in Luke and Mark, for Matthew's community, that first church that heard Matthew's gospel, this was an important thing. It was an acknowledgement of a challenge that community was having. Because Matthew is, if we read through it, the most deeply Jewish of the four Gospels, the one rooted most intensely in Torah and the prophets, the ones that assumes that you have a deep understanding and familiarity with the sacred texts of Judaism. As Matthew, in passage after passage, reminds us of every last teaching of Jesus and how it fits into the context of Torah and the Hebrew prophets. And that sacred story of the Jewish people really does matter deeply to Matthew. Why? Well, most scholarly dating of Matthew puts the writing and final form of that gospel arriving in Christianity right at the same time that Christianity and Judaism were pulling apart. For the longest time, the only Christians considered themselves also Jewish, but there came a time when those communities separated. And for the community that first received Matthew, that meant that this was a time of conflict, a time of tension within families, a time when to follow the teachings of Jesus, it, it meant that you would pull yourself away from traditional connections with family and friends. If you chose to be a disciple of the way, those sustaining connections with the community in which you had come up and the family that had given you your sense of identity, those started coming apart. Hard as it was, that was Matthew's reality. And remembering the story Jesus taught and this moral lesson Jesus taught had real power for his hearers and readers.
But I think this reason for this saying goes deeper beyond the context of Matthew's remembering into that moment when Jesus first spoke it to the first people who sat around at his feet and listened to him offer this teaching because it comes to us from a larger teaching about what it means to go out into the world in mission. He's in the middle of giving his disciples instructions about how to go out on mission into the world, how to share the gospel with everyone around them. And when he tells them to go out, the instructions he gives them are nothing like the instructions you would give your kids when you're sending them off into the world. Jesus' message to his disciples, before we get to this section of Matthew, is simple. Have nothing, he says. Leave everything behind you. Be unprepared by your past. Be unprepared, says Jesus, sounding like the worst scoutmaster ever. Don't bring money. Don't bring extra shoes. Can I bring a change of underwear, says Peter? No, you can't, says Jesus. Go and force yourself to trust the stranger. Force yourself to trust that you will be cared for as you bear the gospel's message to the world. And so those disciples would have arrived on doorsteps as strangers and understand their culture was very fiercely local and tribal. And there's a real danger in being a stranger in a tribal culture because tribes and families can be very welcoming. They can be very gracious. They can be very hospitable. But they can also not be. You're fine if you're recognized as one of us. But if you're really strange or you bring something unexpected that challenges the assumptions of the us, you can be viewed as a threat. And those deep ties of primal human identity are the us. And the us is something that we both cherish and defend fiercely against that which is not us. And when we do that, the bonds of extended family and shared story that make for family and tribe go from being a blessing to being a curse. That form of identity is part of our human hubris in which we take the same thing that God gives to us as a blessing, as a strength, and let our sinfulness turn it into a weakness. So sure, yes, family is sacred. Those bonds of loyalty and love and mutual care go deep. Protecting those you love can be a blessing. But precious though that may be, those bonds of family or tribe or nation or party don't get us to the place that Jesus is calling us. And that is what Jesus challenges in all of our hearts as he seeks to heal the brokenness of our world one heart at a time. If you really love me, Jesus is saying in this passage, if you really love me and really want to say in truth that I have authority over your life, the gospel and I have to matter more than everything. 
I have to matter more than those ties of blood. If you want to bear my message, loving the world with the same impossibly generous grace as the God who loves all of us, then you have to set aside anything that gets in the way of that love. And that is a hard path. That is a very hard path. Because Jesus asks all of us, those fathers among us who love our kids with a great fierce, fierce love. Jesus says, you have to love everyone with a love that is just that strong. And that's tough. I mean, what about our enemies, we say? I mean, what about the folks that did done us wrong? What about the folks we feel as a threat? Can't we not love them? Did I stutter, Jesus says. Was I unclear? And we pause and then we say, well, what about those fascist, anarchist, lefty, right-wing, Bolsheviks, Nazis we hate because they're evil and we have every right to hate them? Even them, Jesus demands. If you dare to call me your Lord of Savior and Savior, you have to love even them as fiercely as you love flesh and blood. And Lord, have mercy, that is a challenge. But on this Father's Day, as Jesus drops the mic with this fierce little passage, that's the challenge he sets before all of us, protective dads and nurturing moms and all of us, because that is the way of Christ and the way along which the good news grows. Let that path, hard as it is, be yours and mine. Amen. And now, having listened for God's word, we're going to go to God in prayer. Today's prayers of the people will be offered to us by Elder Pam Mattis. Let's go with her to God in prayer. Please join me in prayer. O oh Lord our God, we thank you this morning for strength to go on when we feel like giving up for a second look that reveals what we missed at first glance, for new life discovered in old ruins, for the assurance that no failure is final, no sin unforgivable, for vibrant memories that remind us of lost loves, and for Christ's victory over the powers of darkness. O oh Lord our God, Fill your church with bold witnesses who will work for justice, serve with compassion, share your love, and spread the gospel. Pour out your spirit on those without access to fresh water and on those who dig wells to provide it for them, that they may be refreshed. Stir in the hearts of those who thirst for justice, that they bring peace, speak out against oppression, and preserve human dignity across the globe. 
Lord, we thank you for those who, through their words and deeds, have passed on the faith from one generation to the next. We ask that you make families everywhere be places of safety, encouragement, and love. Protect and uphold healthy relationships between husbands and wives, parents and children, friends and neighbors, and all your people. Wherever there is brokenness, bring healing. Bind up our wounds, teach us compassion, and dry our tears. Be especially with those we name now, all those sick and depressed or suffering from anxiety, those dealing with chronic health issues, those dealing with addictions, those going through a difficult time, Bill, Jackie, Ms. Edwards, Kim, Elise, Sal, Susan, Gary, Jan, Roy, Annie, Walt, Noland, Wid, Pat and her husband Stan, all those affected by the coronavirus, Lynn, Priscilla, Michelle's mom, Doreen, Anya, and Nanette and her family. We ask that you give all those named comfort, reconciliation, and hope. We lift our prayers to you, God of mercy, confident that all things are in your hands. Lord, this morning we pray for our world during this pandemic. And we ask that you help our leaders make wise decisions, that effective treatments and a vaccine be developed quickly. And we ask that you help us to heed the advice of public health experts in our daily lives, activities, and that as restrictions lessen, we act responsibly. Lord, we pray for our country. May we all strive to live peacefully, respecting all our brothers and sisters, regardless of ethnicity, social class, or sexual orientation. And may we speak out against hatred, violence, and disrespect. We ask that you strengthen us in these ways. Gracious God, we pray for comfort and peace for those grieving the loss of a loved one, especially the family and friends of those who have died from COVID-19. And finally, gracious Lord, we are grateful for the successes of all new graduates who are now going to take the next steps in their life journey. Bless them and keep them safe. And we're also grateful for Jerry's remission status. Thank you, Lord. And now we all pray together 
the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you for that prayer, Pam. This is again the time of the service where I remind folks that maintaining this ministry requires all of our support as we seek to continue to share the good news of the gospel um, and continue to work in mission to support those in our community who are in need. Uh, to support this ministry, um, there are different ways to give. Uh, you can go again to www.poolprez.com. That's right above my head there. Um, and if you go there, at the bottom of the page, there is a form that will let you make regular donations to support the ministry. Uh, we also take um, support via check, good old classic sending something in the mail. So you can mail stuff to Poolsville Presbyterian Church, Post Office Box 68, Poolsville, Maryland, 20837. That's Poolsville Presbyterian Church, P.O. Box 68, Poolsville, Maryland, 20837. And that address, again, can be found at our website above. And we thank you for the support that you offer this ministry. Now let's uh, do a little bit more listening. Um, as we recall from the beginning of the service, we're going to be offering over the course of the remainder of the summer uh, Wednesday evening classes online looking at the American spiritual as a form of music and as a form of worship. And so now uh, we're going to listen to You Must Have That True Religion uh, performed by us, for us by the American Spiritual Ensemble. This is You Must Have That True Religion, bringing us a sense of the spiritual as a musical form. Let's, let's give it a listen.
was You Must Have That True Religion by the American Spiritual Ensemble. And a reminder that uh, we've got more education on the spiritual as a form of faith and music coming up this week. Check the Facebook page for the events coming up as we explore as a community spirituals in the life of the church as music. Thanks so much to music director Monica for pulling all of that together for us. We're now wrapping up another Tiny Gospel Radio Hour on this Father's Day 2020. Uh, it's been a joy to gather together virtually in this space during this time. And as we prepare ourselves to step out into a week, I hope everyone has a, a blessed Father's Day. I hope you have positive things to do this day. Um, and for all of the challenge of this morning, as Jesus reminds us of the depth of our commitment, um, we're also reminded that fatherhood as a metaphor was not always something Jesus approached negatively. He understood that, that protection, that care, that love between a child and their father as a, as a vital thing, um, so much so that he called his own God his own father, Abba, our God. Abba simply meaning daddy or a close intimate form of that relation. You are the one that cares for me, Jesus reminds us. So let's all rest in his care this week, set aside those things that divide us, that lead us to have a spirit of hatred for one another and truly be in the grace of God to each other as a father shows grace and love and care to their child. Remembering that, now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and abide with all of us, today, tomorrow, and our whole lives long. Amen. As we send ourselves out this week, um, I had threatened to do something on Facebook earlier this week, and I think I'm going to go ahead and do it. Um, when I've gone to synagogue worship with my wife and my boys, when I've gone, um, there's a song that they sing there as part of the High Holy Day worship that just always sends shivers up my spine. Um, it's called the Avinu Malkenu, which means Avinu, my father, Malkenu, my king. Um, and it's a reminder of the commitment of a covenant people to loving God as a father. Um, and my very favorite Scottish post-rock metal band does a version of that. And I'm not going to subject you to all of it as we leave. Uh, but it's Father's Day, so I'm going to take the father's prerogative and play us a little bit of a song called My Father, My King. It's an ancient Hebrew prayer here played by the Scottish metal prog rock post rock band Mogwai and we'll only we'll listen to it until it starts getting really metal and then I'll leave you to listen to it on your own if you'd like. Um, let's let's listen a bit on this Father's Day to my father my king.
louder and louder for the next uh, how much is left oh another 15 minutes so we're going to wrap up that was mogwai bringing us a hebrew prayer my father my king y'all have a wonderful wonderful day